Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to discuss ways that larger companies with big distributed workforces are investing in employer branding efforts to improve recruiting, retention, and engagement rates. My guest this time is Eric Harris, CEO over at MindHandle and communications professor at Texas Christian University, Neal School for Executive Education. With the goal of making employees feel great about their employer, Eric and his team offer a process called magnetic branding to get the strongest insights about the employee experience and how to communicate it for recruiting and retention. Companies working with Eric and the MindHandle team include Frost Bank, Nothing Bunt Cakes, Callaway, Hewitt Packard Enterprises, and LifeSpace. Because Eric is also a professor at TCU, he can uh, he can speak about a lot of cool topics, which we're going to jump in today. Hey, Eric, how are you? I'm doing great, Bill. Thank you for having me here. Thank you very much for being my guest. I appreciate it. Uh, beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you take a minute or two and tell our listeners a bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, most importantly, I'm a husband, father, brother, son. I'm very close with my family. I'm very protective of the precious time I have with them. And that always comes first to me. And so while, yes, I'm here to talk about work, there'd be none of that. And I'd be nothing without the people in the center of my circle that really give my life meeting. So shout out to them. Uh, I am the CEO of MindHandle. We are an employment branding agency. We call ourselves recovering advertisers. Uh, this is because we saw an opening to improve the way employers communicate with their workforces, especially those that are large, over 3,000 and distributed. And we realized we were qualified to help. So we have backgrounds in marketing communications, and we're taking that advertising mentality and applying it to internal comps. Why don't you now tell me, how, how can organizations take the lessons from a system that creates a positive customer experience and use those? For, for a better employee experience? Because they're, they're two different things, but I've had conversations on, on this show before about this and related topics. There, there, are, there are key lessons, there are, there are key takeaways from that, that customer ex experience side, I believe, um, that, that can really improve things, right? Absolutely. And, you know, let's start with what defines that positive customer experience. You know, these days, customers want communications from brands to be proactive. They want them to be responsive. Uh, as customers, we want to hear from brands on our terms. We want to hear in our channels. We want to hear things in the right tone so that they resonate with us. And as employees, we're really no different. That's actually something that a lot of large organizations lose sight of way too easily, that the people working in the business are accustomed to communicating with brands and receiving communications from brands everywhere else they turn. And employees really want the same things from their employers. We want communications to be proactive, responsive, on our terms, in our channels. 
we want to be treated with the same white glove service we get from Amazon or Nordstrom when we come to work. So what are some of the common challenges for projecting an appealing employer brand then? And, and maybe as part of the answer, perhaps you could suggest how some of those challenges might be changing at the moment. So for example, I've spent a, a lot of episodes, I've spent a lot of time recording episodes on this show talking about the great resignation and, and this huge war for talent in, for example, uh, the tech space, uh, backend developers and such. It ain't the case of, for, for that anymore. You know, um, things are changing rapidly, right? So perhaps you could include that as part of your answer. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll actually start there because, you know, what's changing at the moment for many HR professionals, especially in the tech space, and I'm glad you mentioned that, is, you know, there are, well, backing up to, you know, a year ago today, everybody's biggest challenge was how do we communicate well enough with uh, potential employees? How do we communicate with our candidates well enough to help them understand why they should join our team. Um, now, I think you could probably ask 10 different HR professionals and they'd probably tell you our biggest challenge is reminding our best people why they should stay. It's a, it's a, a and especially those people that remain uh, following layoffs or reductions in force, um, reminding our best people why they are there in the first place and what we appreciate about them. And, you know, in lieu of offering more benefits, offering more salary, uh, communication is really the best way to create a dialogue with employees. Uh, and, you know, especially if that communication is emotionally stirring. Uh, internal comms has a tendency to be uh, a pretty transactional. And at a time when businesses are making transactions on human capital that are very public and could be perceived as negative, it's a great opportunity for a strong strategic HR presence to step in and say, let's remember what we love about this place. Let's remember why we joined in the first place. We are still that, um, and we're really glad you're here. But otherwise, you know, the, the common challenges that we see day in, day out, uh, the, the biggest challenges lie in the stage when companies make the decision to prioritize employer branding in the first place. It's really funny how a lot of companies have something like, in quotes, be an employer of choice on their list of strategic priorities this year. And it was there last year, too. Uh, but then they kind of stick to the same methods of communication and the same organizational models they've been using since the 1990s. So that doesn't really work. Uh, the other challenge we see quite often is that HR is usually kind of on an island when it comes to communicating. Um, even when it becomes a blue chip goal and it has the attention and the sponsorship from executive leadership, it's this strange sensation for a strategic HR leader to embrace what feels like marketing communications and then suddenly they have to add that to their resume. So HR can look to marketing and says, hey, this is important. We're going to need your help with this. And marketing responds with like, yeah, but we already have a job to do. Like we've got to build consumer demand um, and we need all our resources dedicated to that. And then internal comms, if there's an internal comms department, 
they'll usually enter the chat because they have the channels. They own the channels by which we communicate with our audience. Uh, but it's a pretty big and intimidating undertaking to completely reimagine the way you communicate with that large of an audience. And, you know, some of our clients have employee audiences of 5,000, 25,000, 60,000 people. Some are in the field, some are at the tower, some are on desktop, some are on mobile, some are digitally native, and some are still learning how to use Slack. So at MindHandle, we see our work as something that lives in the center of those three teams and their contributions. We speak marketing's language in internal comms channels to support HR's goals. So if all three have a seat at the table throughout the project, we're a lot more likely to succeed together. As a listener of the HR Chat Podcast, you might be interested in ways to make digital HR simple and streamlined. Founded in 2008, Applaud is the workforce experience layer driven by a mission to create HR technology focused completely on the employee. Applaud's layer is designed to support your existing HR services, reigniting your existing HR technology to deliver one united workforce experience. Learn more at applaudhr.com. Just on the flip side there, out of interest, what are some of the, the best ways, if you like, to, to kill uh, an employer brand pretty quickly? And again, we're recording this towards uh, the end of 2022. There's been a lot of chit chat recently about a certain social media website being taken over by a certain billionaire and um, the, cur- the current company culture there and uh, opinions of of uh, said social media channel uh, are perhaps not as high externally or internally as they were just a couple of months ago. So what are some of those big ways that, that an employer brand can can really suffer and can suffer quickly? So, you know, another example might be consistent bad reviews on Glassdoor. Yeah, Glassdoor is absolutely a great way to tank an employer brand. Uh, it's it's really, honestly, though, the, the best way to tank it. Like if you set out to sabotage your company's employer brand, the best way to do it would be to take the company's values, those, you know, behaviors or those those beliefs that guide the behaviors, really, and start doing the opposite of those values. So like, I'll just quick story from my personal life. I drop my kids off at school every morning and I say, what, what are the three most important things to be today? And they say, honest, brave, and kind. And I say, yes, thank you. And they kind of laugh at me and it's this, you know, silly dad moment. But, you know, every time they see something or they see an opportunity to act a certain way at school, I think they change, they check that against what we've talked about are the expectations for their behavior. And employees want that too. We, we want a set of expectations for our behavior so that we kind of know how our company will endorse our actions. Now, if, if my son sees someone stealing someone's Chick-fil-A, he might jump in and say, hey, that's, that's not a really great way to act. Just like if an employee sees one of their peers or a supervisor acting out of line with a company's values, they're going to jump in and say, hey, maybe let's not do that. Um, So the the best way to tank an employer brand is to go out there talking about what's important to the company, whether it's honesty or bravery or kindness and say, 
yeah, you know what? We're going to do the opposite of that instead. So we're saying this, but we're acting this way. I love that you explained that by by being so personal and, and sharing those those dad stories. Uh, that, that, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay, so here's a here's a quote that that I found as part of my homework ahead of today. Uh, it goes as follows: At Mine Handle, we call it magnetism. A strong employer brand will attract the right customers and repel the wrong ones. A strong consumer brand will deliver great employees and improve retention if leveraged correctly. Neither works in a vacuum. Starve one, and the other withers. So um, I loved that when I when I saw that on, as, as a post on LinkedIn by you. Can you maybe explain the notion of magnetism in this context of employer branding? Absolutely. And, and also, can I hire you to read my LinkedIn posts back to me uh, in your voice? Because it just sounds so much cooler with the accent. Can we do that? See, to me, you're the one with the cool accent. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked about that. So magnetism, probably the easiest way to um, explain this or shed light on this is just to share an example that while it's a few years old, uh, most people are familiar with it. And I'm going to use a brand that's not one of our clients. So it's clear I'm not trying to sell anyone anything. And I can talk freely about how we've all experienced it as consumers. Um, that brand is REI. Uh, REI is a, a icon when it comes to magnetic branding because what they did a few years back is they showed the world what was possible when you approach the brand from the inside out when you build a brand by starting with employees they asked hey what's important to us and their values ladder up to the statement that the best life we can possibly have is one that's lived outdoors and they took that statement to heart when they asked ourselves, they asked themselves, do our actions align with that promise? And then they asked themselves, do our customers honestly believe that too? So when it came down to answering the question, should we or should we not open our doors on Black Friday? The answer, I can, can just imagine sitting in that conference room and answering that question. It was probably pretty clear. And they made the decision to forego millions of dollars in sales volume on what could have been their Super Bowl. And instead, they sent a loud and clear message to both consumers and employees alike. And they said, this Black Friday, let's opt outside. So to employees, where it started, it drove loyalty. It drove engagement. And then to customers, it drove loyalty and it drove engagement and that's why we celebrate that kind of magnetism the best outcome for an employer brand is not that it's like the consumer brand or that it's shades of the consumer brand the best outcome is that it is the consumer brand it is the same idea the same vision not similar the same that's what we call magnetic Perhaps you could share how companies can do a better job of of measuring culture fit during the hiring process, because you know a lot of what we've been speaking about so far comes down to the fact that if you have the right people in place, in terms, and when I use the word right, I mean that connect with the the mission of the company, the the, the why to use Simon Sinek language of 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 the brand, then um, 
hopefully hopefully it makes everything else better right so so how how can companies do a better job of measuring that culture fit during the hiring process or perhaps you're going to say bill actually it's not that simple um a lot of the lessons come in the onboarding stages no it actually is that simple and and it's a great question and honestly i wish more hr leaders were asking it especially in the talent acquisition space um and I think there is a lot of desire to get to the point where there are tools and there are better systems to measure that culture fit. Uh, but for us, what we see more often than anything is that it actually just starts with a great understanding of what the culture is in the first place. So if it's well documented and well communicated, it's so much easier and so much more effective to measure a candidate's alignment with it. You know, you have to know what they're trying to fit two to measure if they're able to fit and then you know if, if it becomes well documented and if it becomes well communicated then we recommend establishing a listening strategy so that you can learn about changes in sentiment so that culture is not static it it is dynamic it changes regularly just like there are macro shifts in the consumer sentiment there are shifts in employee sentiment and, you know, just like a consumer brand is affected by and can take advantage of those cultural shifts, an employer brand should do the same. So it's documented, it's communicated, and then we're listening to see how it changes. And then the next step is really in the documentation of the role descriptions. I am just shocked all the time by the job descriptions that we see, even this far into the age of the empowered employee, there is still so much hot, sloppy trash out there. And before anyone dismisses me, let me acknowledge, I know there are compliance reasons for the bland and rational way those are written. But even within that, even within that box that compliance puts us in, there are ways to provoke, to be emotional, to create connection to the role beyond just the tasks that are required in it. And that's the value of a strong employer brand. That's where a candidate will ask him or herself, am I like that? Does this look and feel like me? If it does, then I'll continue. And really the best way to measure culture fit is to give the candidate the yardstick and say, this is how you measure your fit in our culture. And then I finally would just add that Whoever's doing the hiring and interviewing really needs to be a champion for the culture. Sometimes the, the hiring manager's instinct is to connect a candidate with the stakeholders in the role's success. So like, here's your core team that you would be interacting with on a daily basis. And that's great, but it's only part of the picture. If you really want to measure culture fit, ask someone who people consider champions for the culture to do the interviewing. And that helps move the conversation from, are you able to do this job, to, are you really one of us? Okay, so just quick follow up on that that last point you made there. Um, are you pro lots of folks being involved in the interview interview process? Then, um, you know, so when you've got a candidate come in, uh, would you say it's it's a great idea to chat with three, four, five different members of the team uh, to get a good feel for? For, for the company, as opposed to a hiring manager and maybe an HR person? Generally, I would lean towards 
the more people, the better, because how can you form a complete picture of a human being in a course of a couple or three or four even interviews? Um, that's really hard to do. Like we're, we're really complicated creatures and maybe complex is a better term. Some of us are complicated, <laughs> but generally we're complex. I'd say, you know, err on the side of more interaction because you can't imagine that that's that employee entering the role or entering through the door of that role is just going to stop there. And if you're looking to build a long-term relationship with an employee, someone who could stay a while, perform and, and rise through the ranks of the organization, or at least move laterally through it, that is that requires different perspectives. It requires different people to come in and say, hey, I'm really protective of my team and what we do, and I am not sure this person is a fit. Or conversely, I'm really protective of my team and what we do, and I would love to have this person be a part of it at some point. The The only way to, or the, the other side of that coin is if you're working on, um, if you work for an organization where employees join and you know this they join for short-term sprints and they stay in one role and they don't move horizontally or vertically through the organization for example i've seen that happen in a lot of software development firms right so if it's we're looking for a pro in place and this person is going to have one job one boss for the duration of their employment here then yes definitely stick to the hiring manager, the HR manager, and a, a recruiter of some sort doing the interviews. Fantastic answer. Thank you very much. Another fantastic answer. Mm -hmm. um, okay, we are already coming towards the end of this particular conversation, Eric. What, Bill? We've only just started. I'm loving it. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, before we do wrap up, two more questions for you. Um, and the next one maybe is a bit of a recap of some of the things that you've mentioned so far, but uh, I want to get a nice, tasty soundbite here from you. Um, in 90 seconds or less, I'm going to challenge you. What are your top three tips for HR pros in terms of working with internal comms and marketing, as you mentioned earlier, and the leadership team, and of course, employees to create and maintain an awesome employer brand 90 seconds go oh wow that's a good challenge so three tips number one look at how your brand protects price just like a great consumer brand will allow you to charge more for your product a brand an employer brand will help you protect what you're paying for the talent that you're hiring uh, so a stronger brand a better culture will enable you to have more flexibility in who you're hiring Number two, use your brand to create a sensation of community. Uh, there is a tribal quality that we all look for when we're joining an organization. We want to know, is this place full of people like me? If so, I'm going to be much more successful there. So look for your brand to create community. And then third, look for a way to create an employer brand that repels as well as it attracts. If a brand is strong, it has both but imagine two ends of a magnet, two poles of the magnet. It's going to push people away as well as it attracts. Your brand is not for everybody. It's only for the people you want. And just finally for today, how can our listeners connect with you? And I'm guessing that you're going to be branded everywhere. So maybe suggest a couple of social media sites and uh, 
share your email if you want to. And of course, how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at MindHandle? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I, my first recommendation is to Google MindHandle Publish Your Brand Values. So just those five words right next to one another. MindHandle is one word. Publish Your Brand Values. You'll land on our most popular blog. And it's a celebration of the beliefs that define how we work. And it's a call to business leaders everywhere to embrace uh, that mentality and to publish theirs too. And while you're there, just go ahead and click on the, the icon and visit the homepage. You'll learn about our people, our process, our clients, and the pride that we take in our work. Excellent. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Eric, I'm really impressed. And uh, as soon as we finish this interview up, I'm going to chat to you about getting you on other shows that I'm involved with. I think you're awesome. I love the work that you're doing. Um, but for now, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. It's been great to be here. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.